0: You're going to want to do access service because I just love my wife so much because I know her. The only way I really get to know her is if I spend quality time with her, not quantity time watching TV and all that stuff, quality time of just con- conversing with her. But it starts with simple habits. We don't got to run a marathon every day. We just got to walk for 15 minutes, you know, so implementing little things every single day and being cool with that. At first, it won't feel like you're moving that far, but gosh, in a year you'll be like, whoa. And that, that can be for anything in our in our lives that we can do that in. But it's just about taking one small step I would always see those memes that said, if you just posted one piece of content every single day for a year, a year from now, your life would change. And everybody reads those and thinks, ah, yeah, right. We did it. And our life freaking changed like crazy, right? Like, and so it's like as dumb as a meme is, it's the truth. Three.
1: Uh, welcome back to the You Know Have Cakes podcast. With me today uh, is a man that I am honored to be in his presence. Uh, we have not yet met in person, but I will tell you this, the impact that he has had with uh, just showing up and being vulnerable and transparent and open and honest about so many things from professional development to marriage to just leadership of self, uh, the impact that this man has had on me in just receiving uh, yeah. some of those those lessons and, and the the openness in which he shares has been phenomenal and I cannot wait to share that same with you. Uh today I wanna I want to welcome my special guest, Mr. Tommy McAllister. So Tommy, I, I thank you for joining me here and, and really again, it's an honor to share the stage with you here.
0: Jim, no thank you so much for having me on. Um it's so cool the way God lines people up, right? Like you're saying, you know, and I feel honored to say, um to hear you say those things about me that, you know, I've had an impact on you and Um, and whatnot because sometimes the hardest thing that we can see is like ourselves and the impact that we have, right? We notice all the other things that maybe other people are doing in life, but sometimes we see ourselves for the things that we're not rather than the things that we actually are. So I'm humbled, uh, especially coming from you, bro, for for you saying those things. So thanks for having me on here.
1: I appreciate that. I I really do. uh, And I received that. And I think one of the coolest parts that, that you get once you start combining people who are really just committed to, pouring out and helping other people grow is it's really watching that impact spread um you know I, I sometimes talk about like the ripple effect when you throw a stone in the water and the impact right you control the impact but the ripple man that just carries by itself and you can't necessarily control where it goes but the more impact we can create the more ripples get out there and, and the more um you know that multiplies out and it gets me excited i'm so excited to, to share that and see kind of how far it goes yeah but, uh, you you're so you're so right on all that right like the
0: I don't. know. I've been using this a bunch the past ten days, and honestly, it's usually from God. So here we are again. Like I'll bring it up again here, but I always say, all we gotta really do is bring the five loaves and two fish, right? Like let God really handle the rest of that. And so you're so right. We're, we can be in charge of the five loaves and two fish, which is the impact, right? Like the ripple thing that we that, that where it hits the water. But all the rest of the ripple is gonna let let God handle that, right? But oftentimes where we start getting like off you know, maybe in our emotions or our feelings or comparisons or anything that we're trying to control the ripple and all that other stuff. But it's like, no, man, let's just focus on the impact and all good things will happen in there. So that's a lesson God's really been showing in my life a lot lately, which is usually because, you know, being that I'm a coach, he usually puts me through scenarios so I can learn them and then teach them to other people. Um, and so that's just one that's been popping up in my life a bunch lately.
1: That's good, man. That, that gives me two points that I want to, uh, I just want to expand on. Number one is, I feel like the people who have a higher calling, right? Some impact to give, whether it's a coach or a leader in some way, right? Because, you know, a coach is, is leading other people. We can make the argument that it's, it's the same for a leader of a business, community, household, right? They're, they're leading a group. To me, I feel like that person who is called to that level of leadership, and again, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a business of 8,000 people or a family of three, like you're going to be put through some things in the course of that that are going to reveal who you are uh, and teach you about yourself and um you that's an important lesson to learn because a lot of times we look at it like man why am i in this spot and looking mm-hmm. at the negative of things that are going on in our life rather than understanding hey it's helping you reveal something uh, about your character who you are and uh just curious your thoughts on that
0: oh absolutely right especially um as a coach right like i always tell people that i feel like because of you know, just to give you listeners a little bit as like, I coach uh, marriages, but primarily a lot more husbands is my favorite niche, but we do do couples. And then my wife does lead the women, but a marriage, right. It, it usually, or no, hundred percent of the time, it usually starts going bad because of the individual problems that people are going through. And then they bring those frustrations to the marriage. Right. And then it starts, you know, causing other, other issues. But I always feel like God puts me through so many scenarios in life so I could learn them and then be able to teach those to other people. Right. Is like the line I always like to use "Is we're most qualified. Qualified to lead the person that we used to be. And so it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time where I'm so thankful. Like I absolutely love my purpose and my mission in life. Like I, I, I'm i just beyond thankful for it. But at times it goes through the struggle, prob- the process, right? Because God's like, cool, you've learned this lesson, but yet there's somebody come about to come into your life that I'm going to put into your life that's going through this. And maybe you don't have a ton of authority in this yet. So I'm going to allow some situations to come into your life. Maybe that's directly or to a family member or another client or something. And now I go through that adversity. And in the meantime, it's not fun, right? But like when we step back, it's... It's amazing. We just went through a wild like three month season this uh past this past summer. Um, in multiple different aspects. And that's a long story. We don't need to, you know. But I was just telling one of my clients on a one on one call today, like we've we've like we're on the other side now in so many different areas, and I'm just like, man, God is so good. Like more testimonies, more God stories, more blessings. I've now got authority in these other things. But, you know, it's like if we can be trusted with little, we can be trusted with many, right? Well, leadership positions, as you're right, like, we want to be able to be trusted with many, we got to be able to show what the little things that we're going through. And so when those adversities come, it's oftentimes a testing and a proving ground. Okay, can you make this, right? It's like a Navy SEAL going through BUDS or something like that, right? They got to go through all this training before they earn that honor, right? And then they go through continuous more training to get to those higher levels. And so I really see that the same thing for business owners, coaches, whoever, to kind of go through those things.
1: Yeah, I think it it illustrates an important point about partnerships. You know, I think when you're looking at a partnership, whether it's uh, you to your faith, uh, you to a spouse, uh, you to or, or someone in your business, um, you know, I think one of the most important parts of a partnership is the trust aspect and understanding. Hey, if I want to serve my partner in the best way, and again, it doesn't matter if it's personal or professional, to be able to put their priorities first, to be able to serve them and the attitude of service right like i think too many people let the ego and the pride get in the way of being a servant and feel like mm. no nah, i'm the i'm the founder i'm the ceo i'm the boss right i want to hold that title um but to be able to put the title aside and to serve and to just focus on serving as good as you humanly humanly can right whether again that's serving your customers your employees your spouse your kids your community to just serve And Uh understand that if we can all serve, and this is is such a hard part for people to get because it does take a lot of trust and it takes the right people. But if you can put your heart into service and I work here and I serve you, right? And I say, how can I show up today to serve Tommy in such a way that it will give him the best possible uh, foot in the right direction? I'm trusting that you're going to do the same thing for me, right? That takes a lot of trust. Uh But if both people in a relationship can put the other person first, Man, that's where relationships really shine, and um, that's something that I've carried through relationships of mine. As I've, I've worked on perfecting over time, um, by no means perfect, but we're working on it. Uh, I'm just, I'm curious, as someone who deals with relationships at such a deep level, your thoughts on that? Um, I'd love to hear it.
0: Yeah, I mean, being a servant leader is everything, right? Like, as loving like Jesus does, right? Like He was the ultimate, like hundred percent God, right, and a hundred percent man. But yet he was washing feet, right? In worldly sense, that doesn't make sense, right? Because we're like, oh man, if you're like this person, you're going to have servants and you're going to do all of this and da, 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 da. But he got down to what I'm assuming is pretty a, lo- a pretty lowly thing to do for other people, right? Is like wash their feet. I mean, I don't think I've ever washed anybody's feet, uh, like literally washed anybody's feet other than my kids, you know, um, and whatnot. So to actually do that. It shows us to live by his example, right? You know, just the other night, I, one of the disciplines that I have in my life every single day is, um, so I read one chapter in the Bible, non-negotiable every single day. And I'm, so anyways, I'm in first John, um, and I was reading the second chapter the other night and it was talking about if we want to basically paraphrase, if we, if we want to know him, then we must live like him. Keyword must Live like him, right? Whereas oftentimes it's like we we, kind of do the buffet thing where we pick and choose. Well, it's like, man, if Jesus was washing feet, we got to wash feet. If Jesus loves and turns the other cheek and doesn't have any expectations or anything like that in in a relationship, then we got to live that way. And it always comes back to just loving and serving. You know, one tip that we can always do in a life, whether, and something I try to practice myself too on top of telling other people obviously is, man, like, you know, if we're having like a frustrating moment, we're dealing with anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, pain, you know, always solves that. Just choosing to serve somebody in that moment, just turning to love. You know, I'm gonna reach out to somebody and just send them an encouraging message. I'm just gonna go love on somebody in this moment. It's so, you know, different than what the world would say. Cause typically when we go through pain or something, right? It's like, "Oh, I'm going to have a drink. I'll um, maybe have a substance. I'm going to watch porn. I'm going to, I don't know. I'm the last thing I want to do is go love on somebody. But If we choose love in that moment, like one, we feel good. Like it's kind of like giving a gift at, at Christmas. Like it's unselfish because we're giving gift, but it's like kind of selfish because we get to feel really good by giving that gift. It's the same thing in that moment. So if we can just serve other people, good things happen. If we just choose love at all times, Good things happen, but I see where I see at least typically a marriage where it goes wrong. Is it's always the well, what's in it for me? Attitude, the expectation. Okay, well I'm gonna mop the floors, I'm gonna do the dishes, I'm gonna do maybe rub your shoulders because I'm hoping to get sex tonight, or I'm hoping for this, you know, later and that. It's still the what's in it for me. Rather, and then. On the male side, like the females can smell that from a mile away. I know you're only doing this, all of that, because you're hoping to get X, Y, and Z. Whereas if we just do that stuff without ever expecting them to notice or give us an affirmation or appreciate us or have anything on the flip side of that, that we're going to get something from it, we're just doing it to love, great things happen. And I always, I'm sure you're familiar with like the five love languages. I'm sure most people are, right? So... The five love languages, people always say, you know, well, the five love languages are so amazing. And they are, but they're very surface level. Because, and the reason I say that is, is, and this is something that me and Diana just figured out over our time of, of coaching, is that, yeah, it's great if we do acts of service for somebody or physical touch or affirmations, but we're only gonna do those things if we actually know the other person and actually really, really love the other person. Well, how do you get to do that? By having quality time at the number one, right? Where That's one of the five leveling languages. people are like, well, quality time is not really my thing. I'd rather just have affirmations. But if everybody can put that quality time at the number one, at the very deep, very top, you're going to want to do acts of service because I just love my wife so much because I know her. The only way I really get to know her is if I spend quality time with her, not quantity time watching TV and all that stuff, quality time of just conversing with her. So if I know her so well, I'm going to want to do those acts of service with nothing to get back from it. I'm going to want to affirm her without feeling like she needs to affirm me. I'm going to want to physically touch her without feeling the need that like, okay, well, maybe this will lead to something for me. I don't want to give gifts without ever expecting to get a gift back because that's because I actually know her. What's well, it's the same reason why Jesus wanted the, to love on us, right? Because He's God and He knows us. So, of course, He wants to serve us. So, it's the same thing if we actually know other people. We can really, really want to serve them. Now, should we serve everybody that same way? Absolutely. But especially in like a partnership of a, like a, of a marriage or a business, chances are you really know each other. Well, you should, but sometimes after a while, you don't really know the person other than just checking in with them. So man, servant, being servant leader, right? Is everything love always literally wins every single time.
1: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I would add to that, but I can't cause you're right. Like, and I think one of the hardest parts is it's not cool. I think in, in public perception, typically for the man to be that. It's looked upon as weak or overly emotional or whatever it is because men are supposed to be this macho masculine warrior who goes out there and fights and kills and and does whatever it takes to to go accomplish this thing. But part of the reason why I do this podcast and we have conversations like this is is to be the one to stand up and say that's not the only way. There's other ways to be a leader, to serve on people. Uh, and to be your authentic self and not have to worry about the judgment and the opinions of everyone else. And I'm certainly yes, happy to stand up and say, hey, this is the way I love, this is the way I lead. And if it's not cool by you, that's fine, but it's not going to change uh, you know, my position in that. So Dang. thank you for standing firm in that. And I want to ask you this, because what you're speaking now is, it sounds great, right? And having that type of relationship with a partner, again, doesn't matter who that partner is. Having that type of relationship where you can come to the other person and love on them and support them and, and be there for them and to receive that as well is amazing. But I feel like there was a time in my life where I, that felt impossible, right? And, and I don't know enough to speak on that for you, but I'm, I'm gonna ask, has this always been that way or was there a point in time where it wasn't and that led you down this path where, where now you're, you know, you're all in? Yeah, no, uh, Great. great question. Yeah, so me and my wife have been together um,
0: now for 24 years, but been married for 17. She was 17 years old when we first got together. Um, I was had just turned 18. And so we have we have had a wild ride where ironically enough, like I could talk forever, do podcasts, no big deal. like but in high school, I was literally the shyest kid in high school by far. Didn't talk to anybody, didn't kiss a girl until I was out of high school, like all this other stuff. And so when me and Diane started dating, she was my second girlfriend that I ever have and had. But it's just crazy. Like she was, she's 100% the one. So I'm just so thankful God gave it to me so early on. But... Early on in our relationship, I struggled with a lot of unworthiness, uh, wanting other people's approval because I was so shy and never got attention and all of that. And so as I started coming out of my shell, uh, I wasn't necessarily a good person, but because of that unworthiness, I also needed to try to fill that up. So I leaned on substances, eventually leaned on other women, even though I was still with, we weren't engaged or anything at the time. I thought that ever makes it okay. Um, but other women I cheated on, my uh, then girlfriend, plenty of times because I didn't need to feel that unworthiness and we split up for 18 months after we had been together for five years but it was the best thing for us I'd always known God you know went to a Catholic high school my mom was very devout but like I knew God but that was like I didn't have a relationship with them. like I believed in God 100% but that's where I stopped right like cool I believe in you but I'm gonna be basically what Romans 12 says don't conform to the patterns of this world I conform to the patterns of this world Why still loving? him I not I wouldn't even use the word loving God, believing in God. But what I found out was, conformance to the patterns of the world didn't scratch the itch one bit. And so when I I went when I was a drug addict um, during that time, I'd been to jail. I'd done a bunch of terrible things in my life. When I finally gave my life to Christ, and literally changed over like almost literally overnight, like the type of person I really was. I being that I had been forgiven, being that I had been through so much pain from addiction to all these other things from losing everything in my life, I never wanted that to go away. So when Diane came back into my life, because the cool thing about my wife, she has probably my favorite testimony ever, is that she's always been this person that was even keel. Just never too high, never too low. Nothing really bothered her. Just loved on people and just did her thing. But... I would also say she, and, and she would tell you the same thing. So it's all when I say this, she was just average. No, no real interests in life. No real anything in life. Just this, this there, right? But just a good loving person. And so when we came back together, she was what I needed because I was so all over the place in my emotions, needing substances, needing women, needing the world, needing all of this, that when I found God and God's just who he is, right? Just so peaceful and all of that. She was the perfect rock that I needed at that time to really stabilize me. And I had, been with so many other crazy women during that time that we were apart, that it was evident and clear that nobody holds a candle that I had been dating or sleeping with or doing anything with that held a candle to my wife. When So when she came back into my life, I knew there was no way that I could ever, ever let her go again because I had now been on both sides of the track, the patterns of the world. And I've been on there with women. I'd done all these other things, but now I know what it's like to have God in with her. And I, I never wanted to let that go and so when we got back together we still would have a, a you know an argument from here to here and there but really not not that often we lived a pretty simple life. We lived in a small town that only had 30,000 people in it in the Northern California in the middle of nowhere. Um, so it was just a simple life and so we weren't entrepreneurs at the time we both had very simple jobs. A lot of limitations in our life, but we didn't know there was more for us. So life really wasn't too crazy until God called us to more, and that's when it got a little more uh mm-hmm. wild. But during that process, I always tell people it's probably been about ten years since me and my wife have had an argument or anything of that sort. It's like we don't even have disagreements. Somebody the other day said, Okay, well you guys don't argue, but you guys have disagreements and stuff. And I'm like, honestly, not really. And it all stems back to what you were basically, you were saying there, Jim, is because we just love each other and just serve each other, that I don't need to win in an argument. Maybe she says something and I'm just like, cool. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, then I'll tell about my things. And because there's no expectations or anything, we get to see each other's heart so much that it, and it is what it is because we know both sides. It's just, we just want each other to win so much that it comes back to that. So it wasn't always that in the beginning, But for, I would probably say 10 years now, it's been that, but it just gets better. But it only gets better because, and this is maybe a little weird way to say it. I always tell people, and it's maybe because of the shock factor, that I get to have sex with a new wife every month, and she gets to have sex with a new husband every month. But that's because we keep growing with Christ every month. We keep growing in our physical every month, our mental, our sp- our relational, every aspect of our life, we're growing. So we get to see new wrinkles in each other, which then we get to affirm each other. We get to champion each other. We get to do that, which then only grows us closer because we see each other growing rather than staying stag- stagnant and then kind of being let down from each other. But every day she's growing and every day I'm growing. So we're just like, man, you killed it today. Yeah, you killed it today. and it's just like so then we gets to these spots where it is just service and love so I know it's a long-winded answer but that's just kind of where we're at
1: that's awesome that's uh it's a it's a whole lot of life to live and I feel like I don't want to skip past that part because there's so many nuggets in, in what you said and I feel like a lot of people who who listen will feel like at a certain point, they are also unworthy for whatever reason. And that could be not feeling loved. It could be not feeling confident. It could be not accepted, right? Loved, seen, heard, and appreciated, right? Those are the needs that we got to fill. And if you're not feeling those things, it can lead you to feel unworthy. It can lead you to feel like you don't deserve this or that. And a lot of times people are going to self-sabotage themselves to get into a spot where they push the thing away because it's easier just to, you know, fulfill that prophecy themselves rather than have to worry about being disappointed later on. And- you know, so A, honor to you for you know going through all that and being vulnerable and transparent and standing up in it and owning those things. And I just want to ask, going through that, like the feelings of doubt, of not good enough, like how do you address those in that moment? Like take me back to when you were first going through that. Did you feel like, man, it's never gonna be for me?
0: hmm yeah you know looking back now man like it's so crazy because i'm about to turn 43 like it's so it's been you know gosh over 20 years ago now but it's it's so so crazy how life can can change you know and and just the bible verse that kind of goes this is the bible verse that's outside my kid's door and i read it every single time i come up the stairs because the whiteboard's right there and i do not skip it ever it's um, John thirteen seven where it says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand, right? I didn't understand that then, one, because I wasn't reading the Bible, and two, I probably wouldn't have understood that what that Bible verse meant now. Now at 43, I can look back and be like, oh yeah, all these things happened, and here's how they play out, and this is why God has a purpose for my life, and I watched how it all played out, and blah, 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 blah. I can see that now, but in that moment, I 100% played the comparison game or just felt like these are just the cards I dealt. I didn't realize that God has a specific purpose and plan for every single person on this earth, right? There's not one purpose, that person that doesn't have a purpose and plan for their life. Now, are we all supposed to be billionaires? Are we all supposed to play in the NFL or whatever that may be? No, right? There are people who have different worldly standard gift. Things for their life, but it doesn't mean it's not as equally as important as anybody else. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand because I was a mediocre athlete back then that, like, man, whoa, me. Everybody else is just more talented for me. Or maybe because I was, you know, not as good looking back then that, man, I got another bad dealt hand or I came from a rough family. Yep, everybody else has it easier than me. Right? Well, not realizing that no, everybody nobody has it easier than you everybody has different cards and it's the way you play them, right and and what you do into them. And so I just recognizing, I don't think at the time I recognized it as unworthiness. Now I did reach looking back, I see that as unworthiness. I just felt like, man, this is just what it is, and this is the way life's gonna be for me. And so it I probably didn't address the reason I just wanted to change back then. Was because I, I was tired of living that way, right? Like, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be addicted to a substance. I don't want to wake up every day feeling like this is terrible. So, when I changed, I still had a lot of limitations in my life. Um, still thinking a lot of those same things, but just not turning to substance and doing all that. Still had a relationship with God, knowing, and you said it so good earlier, like, we, you know, certain people have like these callings on our life to maybe like do more, right? And I knew it from, the time I was in my twenties, but I just, because I was such a limiting thinker and unworthy that I didn't, I didn't like, how do I do that? There was nobody in my town doing anything, nothing. Well now, like, that's why I love community so much. And I roll with Steve and the whole crew, right? Like everybody's doing something like It's so contagious, right? Like. Um, and, and, and looking forward, obviously that's where I, I can be now, but then I didn't understand it, but it wasn't until I got out of that environment of where I was living and changed up everything in my life, that things started going in a different direction. You know, uh, I would say three people need to do three things. And if we repeat this cycle all the time, like we'll be good. We need to change our patterns in ways is number one. Number two, we need to change our thinking. And number three, we need to develop new habits, right? As long as we just keep doing those and rinse and repeating, we'll be good, right? So for me, that was leaving a city that had nobody really doing anything in their life and was all limiting thinking and having those and then moving and doing a lot of different stuff. But it's just that unworthiness holds so many people back, brother. Um, And I think it's the number one thing that I see in um, all different areas of life and things that are holding marriage back and because when you start believing that, man, like devil put the frustration in there and then everything else is on, is on the table. And so it becomes really frustrating for a lot of people, but you don't have to believe those lives. Right. Because as it says in the Bible, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. Right. And so we just got to stop believing it, but we, then we got to go prove it. Right. Cause faith without works is dead. But then we got to go prove it to ourselves that we have this purpose. So we we take the action on it, um, but man, it's such a tough spot to be in when you have that,
1: Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I think especially if you don't have the relationship with failure uh, or have a really off definition of success, it puts you at such a disadvantage. Uh, You know, I I can't emphasize enough understanding that success is not being a billionaire, right? Because a lot of people look at, oh, um, if I don't make X amount of money, I'm not successful. And I was one of them. I used to define my success by uh, what car was in the driveway, how the house looked, what money was in the bank. Like, that was the traditional definition of success for me, and that's what I pursued for a number of years, because that's that's what I grew up doing. I started my first business at eight years old, made a bunch of money for an eight-year-old with no bills. Like, I was on top of the world, and I felt, hey, this is awesome, let's keep doing that. Uh, you know, again, up until the point where I came home and realized I, my wife didn't know me, like, I had no relationship, I wasn't there for my kids, I didn't even know myself, like, I was a shell of a person. Sure, I was successful by social media standards, but like... What did it mean? Yeah. I think, you know, what you said before, like, your three things are all awesome, right? Those are those are great things to, to do to be able to go out and change and repeat daily. But I think the, the part a lot of people trip up on is it seems like a mountain that's too big to climb. Mm-hmm. Like, all hey, right, cool. That's awesome. I'd love to do that. Where do I get started and how do I physically do it? Because I think it could be a very lonely place uh, to, to feel like, first of all, it's difficult to admit Right. Again, ego and pride aside, admit that like I'm not happy with where I am. Mm -hmm. That sucks. It sucks to make that admission. So, uh, you know, again, I want to give you honor for standing up here and and letting other people know like it's totally okay to admit that you've made some mistakes in the past. You could do it too. But where do you go as far as like how do you start implementing that change? Like climbing out of the rut that you've created is obviously the hardest part until you start building some of that positive momentum uh, and a new rut in in a positive direction. But where do you get around the mindset and the people and, and how do you start making that change toward growth?
0: Yeah. Oh man, I can touch on a lot of that, that little stuff that you just touched there, but just on that specific, uh, question, you know, the way we coach in our program, it's all about actionable steps and being disciplined, right? So, okay, here's this, do this every single day, right? Like it's just the small wins, whereas exactly what you said, people see it as the biggest, um, the big mountain, right? I'm sure you've probably read the book, The Gap and the Gain, probably, right? And so, so many people, for every whoever hasn't, it's right. Like you're measuring from where you're at to how far you have to go. Well, that gap is full of anxiety, depression, um, insurmountable You know, things that might not be able to happen. So then we're looking how far we have to go rather than always measuring how far we've come. Well, if we just take one action today we can look back and say well i'm just that much farther than i was yesterday i don't have to lose if it's a simple simple as like a weight loss well, i got to lose 50 pounds that seems like a lot yeah well did you eat clean yesterday did you go to the gym did you get some good sleep yeah okay well then were you doing that for the past eight years no well dude you just won one day do it tomorrow right again it's the drop from like you put a glass under a, a faucet right and it starts dripping just one drop at a time. You're going to be like, this thing's never going to fill up, right? But what's going to happen, it eventually will because it slowly drips up, but drips in. The cool part about that is we'll learn to have gratitude for where we've come because of that slow drip. If all of a sudden tonight we woke up and we started a business and tomorrow it was an eight figure business and it was just going, one, we probably wouldn't be ready for it. We probably wouldn't be great leaders and we'd squander it. But even if we didn't squander it, Like we wouldn't really feel like all that great because it was just overnight. But when we have to earn it and work for it, it feels really, really good, right? And this might come off bad, but this is sometimes why I sometimes I'm against people getting like a weight loss surgery, right? It's because it's like the journey of you losing that weight is what's going to make it stay off. It's going to give you the discipline. It's going to inspire other people rather than just say, hey, I'm going to get this surgery and it's just going to be over with. Well, maybe right? But the inside of what's going on and you didn't change. But because we're going to grind and we're going to do these disciplines day in and day out, we're going to get there. But it starts with simple habits. We don't got to run a marathon every day. We just got to walk for 15 minutes, you know? So implementing little things every single day and being cool with that. At first, it won't feel like you're moving that far, but gosh, in a year you'll be like, whoa, like I've come so far, right? And when you really start looking back, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm done to this, this, and this, or I've done this and this. It doesn't feel like it in the moment, right? Because it becomes the new normal. It's why when you maybe have lost, and not trying to turn this into a fitness thing, but like if you've lost a lot of weight, other people will really notice it if they haven't seen you for a a, a period of time. But we don't notice it because we see ourselves every day. So it becomes the new normal every single day. So we're like, ah, I haven't really gone that far, but somebody else is going to be like, man, you've grown so much. And that, that can be for anything in our, in our lives that we can do that in, but it's just about taking one small step. You know, if you don't know Jesus, accept him into your life, or maybe not even that, get a Bible, go to a church service. Doesn't mean you have to do everything at once, just do one thing, right? And in anything, we can do that in, but it just starts with those one little habits. And I know that's so cliche, but literally that's how we get here. My wife and I's business is basically to, to a certain extent, primarily run off of all organic traffic on social media. Years ago, before our business was really even developed, I would always see those memes that said, if you just posted one piece of content every single day for a year, a year from now, your life would change. And everybody reads those and thinks, ah, yeah, right. We did it and our life freaking changed like crazy, right? Like, And so it's like as dumb as a meme is, it's the truth. If you just did 30 minutes of walking every single day for a year, your life will change. If you read one chapter in the Bible every single day for a year, your your life will change. If you celebrated your wife every single day for a year, your life would change. If you reached out to a friend and just checked in on somebody every single day for a year, your life would change. It's the compound effect, right? But most people can't do it for, for a year because they see it as this big thing. It's why New Year's resolutions only last for two weeks for most people, right? Because they see the bigger picture. It's like, man, it's so big. Man, I'll be real with dude. Normally when I tell this story, people don't, under, you don't know it, but you'll get it, right? Because Steve said, you know, his darkest day of his life was when he won the Super Bowl, right? And he was, said he was looking out the window of the hotel and everybody's celebrating. They're talking about him on the, uh, on the ESPN for like setting records for a punter. And he was like, dude, this is the worst day of my life. Well, why was it the worst day of his life? He just accomplished a goal that he set when he was 11 years old and just accomplished it. Why is the worst day of his life? Because... He had put these expectations that it would solve all those problems, didn't enjoy the journey. Well, that's the journey about just doing the little things. And so, most, I think most men, especially entrepreneurs, CEOs, things like that, right? We have a hard time living in the present moment. You know, just enjoying a simple dinner with our family without thinking, okay, tomorrow I need to do this and then next quarter I'm going to accomplish this and next year I want to be able to... Like, we always are forward thinking. Not that that's bad, but we have a hard time living in the moment. Well, we're going to accomplish all those things and chances are they're not going to feel as good as they thought we did, but we we just sacrificed a year to get them and so we're let down because we set an expectation. Remove any of those expectations from our life and just do one thing every day and then maybe add two, three... That's how we start, but just don't set an expectation that you're going to need to be doing a billion things right out the gate.
1: Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I think, you know, when you compound that with surrounding yourself with positive relationships, whether that's your spouse, uh, whether that's your friends, like you can go so much further when you're surrounded by people who are all going in the same direction, who are going to hold you accountable, who are going to keep you moving in that right direction. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at their relationships as, you know, friends hey i grew up in the same geographic area as these people they're my friends cool like you don't have to necessarily get rid of them uh, but you've got to understand just because you grew up in an area
0: <laughs>
1: that doesn't make them the best people to support you for the rest of your life right you've got to go out and actively seek relationships with where you want to grow and again they could be the same people but don't let it just be i knew these people for a long time that's who i got like actively seek out things that are going to stre- stretch you a little bit kind of right to that next level, but that's uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable for people to admit, I have work to do. You know, I'm, I can improve. And I think really before you even get to the step of, of growing every day, people got to be willing to put down the armor and mm-hmm. say, I'm not perfect, right? I can improve. And I think yeah. that to me is, is one of the hardest thing. And again, I'll speak for men that I've seen you know, you've got this expectation that you've got to be this stone-faced, super confident, never show emotion, just mm-hmm. go out there and hustle and grind your way to do all these different things. But that's not real. And yeah. that's the story that everyone keeps saying. And when people are like, man, I don't feel that way. But you got to put on this mask to go out there because that's what you see as the expectation. Yeah. Right? So then you're left feeling like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be something else. Uh And, you know, I think, and that's why I want to be here and to stand up and say, hey, it's not the only way, right? You can lead as a servant, you can lead with love. And I think once you start to really lean into that, you're going to see the fruit is not only more plentiful, freaking tastes better too. So, uh-huh. you know, I just, I can't uh, put enough emphasis on the importance of relationships in growth. I think it's such a huge part and people don't give it enough attention.
0: I 100% agree with everything you just said there, Jim. It's something I always encourage everybody with because that's what honestly changed my life. One, when I moved out of my hometown because especially 30,000 people, that's what it was. Everybody knew everybody. And like I said, nobody was really doing anything to to better their lives. And So when I moved, I had to find new people. But when I moved to Vegas three months into into, uh, the pandemic, so everything shut down, I couldn't meet anything, anybody... Literally what changed my life was uh, when I when I met Steve, and that's a whole God story in, in itself, but when I got surrounded with Steve and started flying out to Texas um, once a month, like I started attracting those type of people into my life because I was starting to hold myself like, um, to new standards. right? But that was the biggest thing is I always tell people this, and I got a ton of hate. I got so many messages from friends who were still kind of friends, but from other friends who aren't really friends anymore that would tell other friends, Tell me, he thinks he's better than all of us. Oh, he moved. Look who he's hanging out with. He doesn't hang out with us anymore. He thinks he's he thinks he's cool. Like, and it was like, no, I don't think I'm better than you at all. I just know God has more for me in my life, and I gotta go see what that is because I'm not getting that from you guys. And so, a lot of times, it's hard when we tell people. I'm sure the same thing for you. Like, hey, you gotta distance yourself from your friends that you. And I use it all the time. Just because you went to high school with them doesn't mean you're meant to do life with them. Because chances are, their habits. Are bleeding over into yours right like i don't want to hang out with people who don't really maybe pursue god or don't want to talk about growth driven stuff and maybe all they want to do is suck back beers and talk trash to each other and maybe dog their wife like i don't want to be involved in any of that because that becomes a cancer right it becomes the fruit that now comes over into your life and that's a game i don't i can't even be close to because we like to think we're strong enough most people guys will be like oh i'm stronger than that 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 won't impact me It'll, it will. It will slowly seep into your subconscious mind. Then, when you're having a weak day and you're hanging out with your friends, and something happens, next thing you know, you're being watered down. So, I can't I can't harp on on that enough. We have to surround ourselves ourselves with people. Um, I always say, here's three things again, but we all need to have identity, right? We all need to have obedience to God, and we all need to have community. But that community needs to be filled with people who have identity and obedience to God. And if you have that, man, that's a winning formula right there. Um, to to really leveling up in life so
1: i strongly agree so uh let me ask you a question here because i'm gonna go back in time a little bit from my side of things uh there was a time where for all intents and purposes my wife was a single mom Um, and it wasn't because i was out doing anything quote unquote wrong Uh, but i would spend my time i'd wake up three o'clock in the morning and go out, go to work, try and provide for the house because uh, that was the identity I had. I was the provider. Uh, I didn't know enough about being a father, being a husband. I knew how to go produce. So that's what I did. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, drove to work, earned some money, came home once the work was done. And usually it was like 8, 9 o'clock at night. There. And what I would do is leave my wife to be home by herself all day long, taking care of two kids, trying to keep a house, like, and then i'd i'd be frustrated when but we didn't have relationship like you know i'm in the mindset of hey i'm out there producing for you i come home and where's the fanfare right and mm-hmm. looking back on it it's embarrassing to, to even think that that was a mindset that i was capable of but it's common like and There's i think root. more people need to understand that that's not an attitude of servant leadership that's not yeah. Like the hustle and grind culture, which is popular, is not how you properly serve somebody because their needs are not being met either. Yeah. Right. And um, I'm just, I want to share that with you, first of all, for my own transparency, because it's something that I sucked at as a husband, right? And again, it needs to be said, like, it's okay to fail and it's okay to suck at things Mm -hmm. if you understand and you can own it and then you can positively work on improving it. And I'll work every damn day on improving that. But the first step is admitting that you sucked at it. And, you know, I just- I want to a emphasize that story for people who just maybe haven't heard it or yeah. feel like maybe they can relate. Maybe you're in a spot where you feel like you need to hustle and grind your way to success. But what's the cost? The cost yep. is when you come home and you realize you don't have a relationship, you've got a roommate at best. you don't mm-hmm. know your kids, you've got a partner that resents you more than loves you because you left him alone to do X, y, and Z, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I just a, I want to share that uh B. I'm just curious for your thoughts on, on how to own that situation when you're in it, because it's, it's hard to admit that. And so, you know, as, as someone who deals with that for other people a lot, like when someone's sitting in that position, or maybe they're in this phase of their life where they don't have that depth of relationship, Yeah, how do you start to own that?
0: Man, you know, I, I can relate so much with that to the grind, the redlining things men working, and working. And honestly, I'll tell you what, I work with so many men who do the exact same thing, and that's why the relationship's there with where it's at because their order and structure in their life is out of place, right? Like I always say it needs to go God, self, marriage, kids, then business. The only reason I say self second is not so we can go out and just live wild and play golf and things like that. Um, It's where are we at with our relationship with God, the personal development stuff. So I bring a full cup to my marriage, then my marriage overflows onto my kids and then business comes last, right? Not that typically business still has to require more time because that's just where we go and do it. But typically a lot of people put the business first and they say, Well, business is first because it's all for my family. And when people say that, it always rubs me really, really wrong. Because as you said there, Jim, so much, like it was your identity, right? Usually our identity is, okay, what's the zeros in my bank account? I'm known as a person who's a leader. I'm known as a person who does X, Y, and Z as business. So it's for our identity. Are we willing to remove that? Um, from our life to go do that for our family. Most men know because that's our identity, is our business. And so we say it's for our family and yes, it is to a certain extent, right? Because we're paying the mortgage, we're feeding them, we're doing all that, may put college funds away and all that. But really... If somebody said, well, cool, dude, um, I can give you $2 million, but you've got to quit your business and never do it again. Most people who have real rooted, deep identity rooted in it, I would not do it, right? They would be like, well, no, like now what am I going to say about myself that I have? And so our structures are all out of place. And then when you come home, you're so right because we demand respect, right? And maybe not as like demanding as that, but we in and around about are, we don't come and expect. Risk. It. Yeah, we we expect to get it because we're working really really hard. In worldly sense, we you think that would happen. But the number one way that people always and it's cliche they say, how do you spell love? T I M E. Right. Your wife wants time with you. Your kids want time with you. They want to just spend time with you. That's great. You can buy them trips to Disneyland or give them the bag or the nice house. At the end of the day, really, does that really move the needle forward in happiness? Not really. Too much. You know, it's kind of fleeting. They want that time with you. Well, how do we get that respect? We have to command it. When they know that we love working and that we're doing all this, but we're making a sacrifice in that to come home and be with them because we value family dinners or we value getting X amount of time with them or we value being at our kids' games and being able to drive them there and having great conversations or whatever that is. And they know that you're making that sacrifice that commands respect when they know you're still getting everything done and the way you're not letting the stress from work getting brought home or the the home getting, stressing you out and now we're acting uh, um, and saying different things that are out of character and morals and not of Christ, then that's not gonna um, give us uh, the ability to command that respect. But when we can command the respect from the way we're leading ourselves and all of that and giving them the things they need, that's how we'll get it, but we'll never be able to to, uh, demand it then it puts pressure on them, it puts frustration on them, and then it puts expectations on us, and then we're just let down um, in so many different areas of that. And so, so many men struggle with that, and it is so hard to to tell ourselves that I can do better. You know, obviously the second commandment, obviously the first one is love and honor, worship God, right? Is is that one. But the number two is love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Key word about that is as you love yourself. So we got to make sure that we love ourselves. And oftentimes we're burying ourselves in work because we're trying to fill up our cup and our and our worth with money that's, like we said, is not really going to move it, the needle forward. We can just truly love ourselves and be really good with that. We're going to be able to love on our kids and our wives so much better, but we got to start with that love for ourselves. But it starts with looking in the mirror and saying, dude, are you really doing like living like Christ? As I said earlier in that second, um, first John chapter, like we must live like Christ? Am I being this? If the answer is no, then we need to call ourselves out. You know, one of the exercises I have people do is go to first Corinthians and go through the love is patient, love is kind, does not envy. It does not, you know, that, that whole verse and replace it, replace it with your name. Tommy is patient. Tommy is kind. Tommy doesn't envy. He doesn't brag. He doesn't boast. If I can go through that and uh, and not be like, ooh, then I know I'm doing good. But if I go through it and I can't say that that is the truth, then I know I need to change. There's nothing wrong with calling ourselves out and just being real with ourselves. Doesn't mean that we're not giving ourselves grace, but we have to be able to do that because when we recognize the truth, then we can actually get growth. But if we don't see the truth, then we'll never be able to grow. We don't know what we need to fix. It'd be like having our hand on a stove and our hand's burning, and we're like, "My hand's burning," and we're like, "Yeah, take your hand off the stove." Nah, I think it's something else, and you're like, "No, take your hand off the stove." It's like mm, it must be. You know. It's like it's like, well, dude, just get the truth that your hands on the stove. And when we get 100% honest and real with ourselves and with everybody, there is no pressure. There is just freedom. Like you were saying, just be yourself. And we can just be free with ourselves and be good with ourselves and we can be good with everybody else. But that just starts with us saying, hey, I can be better. I literally can be better. And that's not because you're not enough of who you are. It's just the parable of the talents where the guy had five, turned it to 10, right? The guy who had the, the, the one who didn't do anything with it, wasn't actually doing bad in life, right? Like he didn't do any, he didn't say it was getting worse. He just kept it the same. We're called to be better. Well, as any business owner, how do you grow your business? You sit back down, you look at spreadsheets, charts, actions, all this, and go through your KPIs. Well, this is what I need to do to get better. We gotta do it with our life, right? And be able to say, man, am I really doing X, Y, and Z? And it hurts because we don't ever want to feel like we're not doing enough as a man. But I'll tell you what, the person who, the man who can, be vulnerable and be real is the strongest man out there. It's You're strong for holding it in, but you're even stronger for just sharing your thoughts and being real with yourself saying, I can be better.
1: I agree. And I think there's so much strength in the vulnerability and the transparency and the honesty of just showing up as your authentic self and not worrying about the judgment or the criticism or the hate or whatever is going to come your way for standing up in who you are and, and being that. And yeah. I know that it takes, it takes a lot to get <laughs> to that point. But I think one of the, the biggest things that I could add in there is, is surrounding yourself with people who are going to unconditionally love you. And if you don't have people in your life who are going to hold you accountable, who are going to love you, who are going to support you, then go find them. Because there's eight freaking billion people on this planet or more. Like, they exist. I- I'll tell you, there's two of them on this podcast right now. Like, if you can't yeah. find those people in your life keep looking. And if you still can't find them, let me know. I'll, I'll hook you up with some. But having those people in your life will give you a platform to express yourself in a way that you know you're good. And I think one of the most important things I can share about having communication in a relationship that I've learned, uh, and I'm curious your thoughts on it, is when you love someone, you have the hard conversations with them, even if they hurt. Because loving someone is helping them to be themselves and to be the best version of themselves that you know that they're capable of being. And telling them something just to appease them because you don't want to hurt them or you don't want them to feel bad, that's not serving them. That's not what love is. Love, when you love somebody, you're willing to, to put your friendship on the line. You're willing to burn the place down if they don't receive it well because you know it's in their best interests. And it's not, am I afraid to say something because maybe they'll take it the wrong way and they won't call me for dinner tomorrow. Like that's not what love is. That's not what service is. You need to be able to remove that part and really mm-hmm. honor that person and give them absolutely everything they need to be the best version of themselves possible.
0: Yes. Ah, oh, so well, so well said, brother. You know, I always say uh, the person that holds somebody accountable and challenges them loves them so much more than the person who lets them settle and stay the same. And it's it's hard, right? Because especially in the culture we live in now where it's just like, don't hurt anybody's feelings. Don't do anything like that. And it's like, no, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We just know that there's a better way or that we all could be, be a little bit better. And I know you got so where you're at and continuing to grow because of what you just said. I know I've gotten that same spot. That's what I love about having men in my life who can take a, I can be honest with, they can take a look at my life and they can say, Hey, dude, you got to do a little bit better in these areas. Or I know you can do this. Or I know you can do that. It's like, man, because sometimes we don't believe in ourselves. We need somebody else to believe in us. But that's them having those tough conversations. I always say my wife is my favorite transformation out of everybody that we've ever worked with. Multiple reasons. But because like I told you earlier in the call, she was always just even kill person. But now she coaches men and women all over the world. And I promise you that is, that's almost like me saying that I'm going to be on the Lakers next year and playing for them. Like that's how crazy of it that it is that she it is that now. But she got to that spot because once I started leading myself well and better and showing her possibility due to my habits, my discipline and speaking that into her, not like forcing it onto her, just letting her watch that. Then those conversations because of our quality time would be like, what's your thoughts on this Or She would be vulnerable with me because most of the time, most women, if they're, they know they're out of shape, right? Or something, they're going to be like, ah, I'm just too busy or I don't care about that. They do. They just don't want to say that they care about it or vice versa. Man, well, we're so close that she was able to tell me those things. Well, so then how am I going to help her? I'm not going to be like, harping on her. You need to go do this. Like, no, I just loved on her and served so her said, well, babe, let's come up with a plan. Like, what do you think is something doable that we could do and this and that other? That that that? So then I would challenge her and, and, and hold her accountable. Well, fast forward into this, into our business. There was multiple times where she would come in because she worked the same job for 19 years, barely above minimum wage. And so she was just that person who just never grew to limit, out of her limitations. So now being an entrepreneur, coaching men and women all over the world was so out of her comfort zone. So there was so many times she would walk in the door from either being out grocery shopping or just being somewhere and she would just lay her head in my lap and just cry and just cry. Well, then that moment, I could have just said, you know, babe, maybe it's just better you go get a regular job. Or in that moment I can speak the word of God and say Joshua 29, you know, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans for a hope in the future. I can speak God's word and promises over her. I can also say, but, but babe, look how far you've come and look where you're at now from then and there. And I can say, babe, this is what we just need to do and keep going and growing. We need to we need to clean up some of this. And by doing that, that was amazing. And she was able to come it. And now she's a straight killer, which is like the farthest thing that I could have ever said would happen. But I've watched that in so many men's lives as well happen and just be these leaders. Before we even turned this podcast on, we were talking about a a friend of ours named Rick Nappy who lives out in New Jersey. When I met Rick, dude was broken. I was broken in certain ways, right? Rick is like the most strongest dude killing it from New Jersey out there right now. Starts men's groups. He's doing all this amazing things out there. But it started with him getting real and saying, Hey, I need to change. And then in um, importing a group of men into it who are going to see him for his greatness, but also say, bro, you got to do better. You got to do better here, here, and here, but here's how you do that. And I'm going to support you through it, but you got to do the work, you know? And so it's so it's so important to get those people around um, around you.
1: I agree strongly. You know, it, it reminds me of this, I don't know, you want to call it saying, quote, whatever, um, that came to mind at a certain phase in, in my my relationship with my wife. And, you know, I think... In my personality, I, I tend to want to fix things, right? I have a lot of coaching conversations with people and people bring me problems and I'm like, all right, you know, here's a problem, Jim, figure out how to fix it. So you come into this being like, all right, um, I'm going to approach it the same way because it's what you're used to and it does not work well. You <laughs> can, you can't treat your, your spouse as your client and try to fix them and uh, it just it will not end well. Uh, so one of the things that I heard, uh, which was a blessing to hear was you don't need to understand me. You need to love me. And I think oftentimes we're like, man, I'm just trying to figure them out. know what makes them tick? Because you're trying to figure out if I know the equation, I know how I can tweak it to get the output that I want. Mm -hmm. But that's a human, right? That's not, it's not a math equation. You're not doing calculus. You're dealing with someone's life. So instead of trying to figure out what makes that person tick, so you can adjust the inputs to get the output you want, just shut up and love them. Mm-hmm. Like just show up and support them, and serve them, and and just just be there for them and support them, hold them accountable, but stop trying to figure things out. Stop trying to fix everything. Just support yeah. them and show them what's possible. And I think mm-hmm. they take it from there and understand. Oh, okay, cool. I've got a safe space that I can go and and push my limits a little bit because I know if if I fail, when I fail. I've got a partner who's be, uh, behind me, who's going to support me, and he'll be there for me. He'll give me a spot to feel loved, seen, heard, and appreciated, and you know, encourage me to continue going forward. So I just want to share that. Uh, just came to my heart, and I, I felt called to share it.
0: It's so good, you're Thank so you. right, guys. Are most of us are fixers, you know? And gosh, it's, I would say ninety-five percent of people we work with are that same problem, where they're like, "Yeah, their wife." Is telling them their, their their feelings or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we'll just do this, this, and this. But by us doing that, basically what we're saying is, well, you're doing it wrong. Rather than just saying, well, validate them. Maybe they're actually doing it right. They just need to keep going, right? Or whatever. Let's just listen and love, right? That's what you said it best. That's all we got to do. And if they ask for advice, give advice, right? But it's hard because we can maybe see that they're doing something wrong, Like maybe they're on a diet and they're not losing weight, right? Because they're putting ranch dressing all over it. You know, we're like, well, babe, you just know that you probably ate more calories than if you ate a cheeseburger because you put all that ranch all over it, right? Like they're not going to, that's not going to go over well. But if they ask, you know, we just love on them, you know, it's just, it just starts with the love. You're so right. We we can't be fixers in everything. It has to be a safe space. Everybody wants to grow in some way, shape or form, but we just don't want to do it because somebody else is telling us to do it. I don't know about you, but that's why I had so much resentment from my dad when I grew up because... One, he led by saying, don't do as I do, do as I say. And he was not doing anything good. And two, I wanted, he would just want me to do it because of his expectations on me rather than I want to do it because I want to do it, right? And so when somebody else just wants to do it, for me, it almost pushes it away when, like, if I, if I have to tell my spouse, well, you know, you need to go be this. For the longest time, I tried to make my wife me because I was like, I was good at content and I was good at just freestyling on this. Well, that's not her her forte. She has her own qualities that are amazing. But I was always like, babe, I don't get it. Like, why can't you do this, this, and this? Like, you need to start doing this, this, and this. She's like, I'm not you. And honestly, this is where a community came in. A friend in my life said, bro, I've been through this. And uh, stop trying to make your wife you. He's like, I'm a business owner. And my wife works with me too. Stop. I tried to make her me. But that's not how it works, right? It's, as we talked about earlier, God gives us all unique talents and traits for our own lives if he wanted us all the same, we wouldn't need each other, but I need my wife because she's so different than me. She needs me because I'm different than her. I need Jim in my life because you're so different than me, you know, vice versa. That's what makes us all so connected because we're so different. And so, yeah, that's, that's such a great point, bro.
1: Thank you. Have you, got, you got time for a couple more questions? Yeah. All right, cool, because I got a, a question that I feel is, is relevant and important and I want to uh, share it. Let's talk submission. Because this is an area that I think a lot of people as leaders, as partners, get incredibly wrong Uh, in the mindset that your wife or, you know, again, we'll draw parallels between uh, professional and personal. But a lot of men are like, hey, the woman is supposed to submit to the husband and they end it there. And Mm -hmm. they have this expectation that basically, let me sum it up, like your wife is your servant, right? Mm -hmm. Anything that you need, she's supposed to put you as the priority. And then it ends there. And I, and I want to address two points. One is that's not the whole story. It should be both ways. Okay. You should submit to her as well. And number two is submission is not weakness because I yeah. know there's a lot of people who listen to this. Like if I submit, I'm showing weakness. I'm the weaker person. And, and a lot of guys are taught never to show weakness. Right. But submission is strength. You have to be able to control that to be able to to hold on to the trust and the faith that your partner is going to serve you in the same way mm-hmm. and understand that it's, it's really, they have the ability to do it, but they are trusting you, right? And vice mm-hmm. versa. And that submission is such an important part of proper relationships that I just, I feel like people need to understand that it's not a one-way street. Mm-hmm. It, it goes both ways and it's not a weakness. And I'm, I yeah. just would love you to speak on that.
0: I know, isn't it because it's the it's this the weird word right like submission in like life uh sounds bad right or sometimes as uh as christians we talk about surrendering to god right and that that we that word almost has weakness in it as well like oh surrendering we're waving the white flag we're giving in right like in war terms um or there's so many words that mean like multiple different things and so we kind of take them in the wrong way but the thing about submission is i see this all the time everybody brings that up well she's not submitting to me. She's not doing what the Bible says. Well, it's like, well, actually you're not doing what the Bible says because you're leaving out the other part of that verse that says we're supposed to, the wife's supposed to be submit, submit to the husband. Well, the other part of that is if the husband is loving on her, like Christ loved the church. Well, what did Christ do for the church? Gave up his whole life and died for the church. So we have to analyze our life and say, am I willing to die for my wife? Am I doing the things that Dying to self on the daily for my wife. Like we were circled back earlier saying, Am I willing to come home from work early and maybe lose some finances because I'm gonna come home and die for my my die to myself, you know, for her? Like, am I willing to do those things? People like to leave out the things that don't serve them, right? Well, I just want to focus on the part that says submission. She's supposed to submit to me. Well, yeah. You know, we always talk about a Proverbs 31 woman, man. Like that's what they're supposed to do. When well, in Proverbs 31. Leaves out the most people leave out the one verse that speaks about the man where it says he serves at the king's gates and hangs out with the elders. Exactly what you've been talking about, Jim. The community. Well, the elders are people who are respected members of the communities do us as men as husbands hang out with respected members of the community i'm not talking worldly um, respected because of their finances and things like that respected men of high caliber high character and high values that are respected for who they are and not of like what the worldly things are that they have and if we're hanging out with them chances are we're going to have that th- the proverbs 31 woman and if we're going to get our wife to submit to us not that like well i'm going to love die to myself so i can get her to submit no but like if we're just doing that out of love like we are doing those things, willing to die to self for her, then she'll just submit, right? It's like, we come in the one thing, but it starts with us leading with that. And then she'll do that, right? So many times in marriage, people think, I'm reading a great book right now. It's called Every Man's Battle. We're we're going through it in um, our Bible study in my neighborhood. And it's about like purity and sexual stuff. I had a great chapter where it was talking about so many men think that once they get married, it's just going to be a sex fest, right? Like, Oh man, I'm married now. Like she's going to be, have to submit to me all the time. We're going to be in the house together. and It's going to be this crazy. It's like, that's not what it is. Can that happen? Absolutely. If you're hanging out with the elders, if you're doing all of this, if you're commanding respect, it will, that will happen. But what are we doing to, to get it to those spots? There's nothing wrong with submitting to each other. Like God, God's ways are not our ways, right? Like the world's ways. And it's, is because it's so hard to understand the way that life really works. We want to have all these fleshly things, these fleshly desires. Galatians 5 talks about that if we're of the flesh, we won't be able to just satisfy the desires of the Spirit. And if we're of the Spirit, we're not going to have desire satisfying the desires of the flesh. So there's just always this constant tug back and forth, right? Um, but if we can just submit to Him, it's just so, it's so amazing. I had a cool moment the other day where I was watching Stephen Furtick. I, I just, I love, I just, I don't know. Stephen Furtick's kind of like just the goat to me. I think he kills it in so many different ways. You know, I know people have their opinions about him, but I just love him. And he, and he mentioned like 15 things that he was like, I want to mention all these things because somebody's going to be struggling with one of them. And he mentioned like faith or marriage or something. And he went down the list. And one of them was finances. But well, then I was listening to it and I was thinking to myself, Honestly, I'm not really struggling with any of those things. And that hopefully doesn't come across as egotistical, but I was just like, man, I'm kind of doing really good at all those things he mentioned. And I don't think I'm struggling. I go, well, maybe finances I could always use more of, right? Very fleshly thing that I said. Nothing wrong, not saying God doesn't love finances by any means. And that's not what I'm saying. But I said, ah, maybe finances could be better. Well, in that moment, it was really cool illustration that God showed me. He said, okay, well, if I give you more finances, you have to remove one of those other things. That you said you're good at all other 14 that you were good at so i'm going to give you that but what are you going to what are you going to remove and i was like okay well joy i'm like huh, i enjoy the joy i'm not going to get rid of my finances my marriage no i'm not trading finances for my marriage my my relationship with my kids no i'm not going to do that my faith life no i'm not willing to trade that i went down the list and i was like i'd be willing to trade nothing for the finances right on that things because and the only reason i share that story is because that was like a fleshly store uh, of the world thing where i feel like i need more finances Um, Well, the same thing with the submission. It can be fleshly at times where we're like, I'm not letting my masculinity go down if I'm submitting to my wife. Well, it's just because it's not what we take it as in, in, in worldly terms. There's so much more of that. And it's just, no, I'm loving on my wife. And because of that, you actually get all the other things that you, you actually become more masculine. You actually become more, people look at you in a different way and say, man, your marriage is killing it. They just desire the one thing that most people don't have in this world. So in a weird way, you actually get more when you submit, you actually get more on the other side. So it's just one of those weird cycles, but we got to be able to submit over here and allow God to bring the rest. That's just, again, bringing the submission is the five loaves and two fish. Let's let God, God do all the rest of those things. So there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with submitting at all.
1: It's it's really funny you you bring that up because and this is a story I haven't really told anybody except for my wife. Um and I know specifically which which video you're talking about with that story because I listened to it the other night when I went out for a walk. It was Sunday night. Um I had some things going on in my life and just not in a overly dramatic way, but you know sometimes I'll get stretched to capacity a bit uh with how many different things I'm involved in and and when people come to me as the problem solver, there's sometimes when everyone's like, hey, I need you to fix X, Y, and Z, it becomes difficult when there's always this expectation that you're going to be the fixer, right? And when it you have weird. your own problems to fix, sometimes it's hard to, to in the moment, see it's going to be okay, right? You get caught up in this, and no matter how much you exercise that, doubt's always going to creep in, right? There, there's always going to be this little seed of doubt that gets planted. And you got to keep working that muscle to get rid of it. So... We had people over for my daughter's birthday, and I've been walking every day. September 1st, I started walking for a Mission 22 fundraiser, and I I kept it yeah. going beyond that just because I enjoyed the daily practice and led to a few more things. And I made a commitment to do it regardless of weather, time, whatever it was. So it was yeah. like um, you know, maybe 10.30 at night, and it was pouring rain, and I had a crazy day. Just a lot going on. I'm like, should I go for a walk? Like I originally committed to doing September 1 through 30 and I was like, oh, well, that's done. The rest is really just on me. Maybe I'll skip it. I decided to go. And I I left my house and I was like, let me just open up YouTube, listen to something while I'm taking a walk. And that was the first video that popped up. And I looked at the thumbnail real quick and I was like, I don't really know if this applies to where I'm at right now. And I I don't know if this is the message I need to hear. But it was the first one that popped up. I was like, all right, I'm going to roll with it tap it. So I went for this walk and I, as, as I'm going, I'm like, man, I really need a sign that things are moving in the right direction. I've taken a lot of uh, leaps of faith lately and it exposes me to a lot of risk. I'm like, I need, to, I, I, I need some level of reassurance that all these things, these risks that I'm taking are in the right path. So I go for this walk and again, it's really late at night. Poor grain, I'm getting drenched, but I'm, I'm rolling with it, right? I get to a point in this uh, you know, in, in his story about being faithful with the five, right? We talked about this before, being faithful with those five loaves, not worrying uh-huh. about um, necessarily how it's going to happen, right? You add in the faith component to that, that five is going to cover it, right? Being faithful with the five. And I have it right here on the sidewalk. It's a $5 bill laying just like that, right in the, middle of the street. I'm like, all right, got it. Now I've walked that same path 34 times before that. I've never found a dollar. The minute he says faithful with five, he five said dollar bill
0: dog. laying mm. right there. Mm. So,
1: you know, I, I, I keep this on my desk at this point, just as a reminder that even in times that things feel like maybe they're not going to work out or like you don't understand the path forward, like be faithful with what you got. Yeah. Give it 100% of whatever you have and just keep the trust. Like just... Yeah. Do the very best that you can give the best to your relationships, give of yourself to the people on your team and your family. And, and just have faith in the fact that things are going to work out. There is a, there is a story written for you that is bigger than you could possibly believe, but you got to lean into it. Uh-huh. You got to be willing to follow your calling. And no matter how weird you think your calling is, no matter how weird other people think your calling is lean into it. And the sooner you do that, the faster you're going to get the things that you want in your life. Right yeah. and in some cases you might find out that those things really weren't what you really wanted. And that's yeah. fine too. But I can't emphasize enough that having the faith to move forward through the yeah. difficulty, through the struggle, through the doubt, through the self the the self limiting beliefs, all that stuff, keep going and find people in your life who are gonna support you in that and mm-hmm. love with your heart and lead with your heart and the people who are around you are going to support the crap out of you because they know that you do the same for them.
0: Yeah. That's so good, brother, man. I love when God shows up like that, you know, it, that, that was a phenomenal, uh, sermon that, that Steven, he, he knocks them usually all out of the park, but they always so timing right with those things, you know, it's just, I, I coach my men's. I do like a group call for all my clients on Monday nights. And last night I did, I was talking about just about just keep showing up I had a crazy God story with somebody who's in Steve's uh, mastermind with me. And last week, it is way too long of a story to share, but I'll just paraphrase it. Rick Nappy, of all, um, it's, it's turning into him talking too much. He reached out to me specifically last week on a Tuesday and said, "We need to pray for so and so. He's going through it right now, big time, and he's been going through it for a year." But if somebody, so I already knew that, but when he come reach out like extra, I know he's going through it. And honestly, dude, I had a long day that day. Kind of like what you're saying, it's like going through it in a certain. And, and I was so tired. I actually took a nap, like right after I finished my last call. I fell asleep on the couch for like 15 minutes. And I never do it. And so my brain was dead, and I so I said a prayer. And I honestly, I'll give it a score of a two out of a ten. Like I didn't feel like the spirit was moving. I didn't feel like all oh, these words are just so powerful and all these other things. Which sometimes, obviously, we feel those things. I just was like, man. I was like, okay, I said pray. Well, got a message the next morning. So that was five fifty at my time on Tuesday. So eight fifty East Coast um, time. I got a message from the other guy who was going through, and he said everything for the past sixteen months that he's been going through broke loose at nine o'clock, and he was at his breaking wits, and like done, broken, almost ready to throw in towel on life. And the gates of heavens opened up ten minutes later after I said that prayer. I'm not saying because of me; it's really reaching out to me and just me bringing the five loaves. Like I said, so we just got to keep my point of saying that is. We just got to show up, even if that's like we're tired. Like you're saying, it's raining. All this stuff, like, eh. I could have been in that moment, like, dude, I just woke up. I'll pray for him later. Like when I get the spirit moving, like I don't feel it right now. It's because I was obedient. And I'm not saying that's like literally, please don't anybody take that because of me praying. But being obedient helped aid the gates of heaven to open up. You going on a walk, whether it's raining or whatever, had you not well then you don't turn on a podcast well then you don't hear what you need to hear well then it doesn't mean move the needle forward so what do we got to do just keep showing up like literally that's just the thing it's just like just keep showing up when it doesn't make sense as steven was talking in that that podcast or the, the sermon god's bath god is always on time right like in the in the way he shared that the five loaves and two fish fed five thousand, right, and had twelve baskets left over. But then when they did it again, they only they had seven fish and only fed four thousand, and they only had a little bit left over. So we actually with less we will do more, but we have to keep showing up. That's just the key. If not, we block our blessings. We block so many blessings. You went to got that five. You went to got that story, and then we maybe we're frustrated the next day, and we're like, I don't know if things are moving forward, God. God's like, just keep showing up every day and good things happen, right? So whether you're tired, you don't feel like it, raining, just keep showing up. That's just bringing the five loaves. You don't got to hit a home run every single time. Just get up to bat every single time.
1: Yeah. You know, I think especially when you, when you power that together with the strength of a good relationship, who's going to help cover the gaps when you have them, right? Because look, inevitably, none of us are going to be perfect. We're all going to have days when we only have 40% to give. Like Marriage is not this 50 50 thing, partnerships are not 50 50. Some days they're 90 10, some days yeah. they're 30 70. But like, you need to invest in those in those relationships to call on them later. It's the same thing with, with faith, with relationships, with finances. Like, if you don't invest in the bank when you need it, it's not going to be there to pull out. You're really... So, uh, you know, I can't emphasize enough the importance of, of building those things and investing over time, even when it, it's not this Amazon prime mentality where you don't get the instant result in your doorstep two hours later, where it's not that weight loss surgery that's going to give you the faster result. Maybe it's going to take you longer, but it's worth the wait. Like the wait is not punishment. It is preparation for the thing that you've asked for. So just keep showing up and keep serving right. And understanding it's not guaranteed to happen super fast, right? No one said it was going to happen immediately. They just said it was going to happen. So just yeah. keep showing up until you've shown up enough times. Like, don't lose that faith. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So good, bro. Right, I got two more questions for you. Cool. Number one, if you've got one piece of advice to give to someone, tactical action they can take today to move their life forward, what would that piece of advice be?
0: Oh, man. I mean, obviously, give your life to Christ. And if you don't know that one, right, like that would obviously be the first one, but that's like more, more general um, of it, is to start seeing yourself as more than then then you actually are right like understanding there is a purpose on your life right is is so huge but when what we can do every single day is take those actions and just start being disciplined every single day see yourself as this disciplined person and just putting those actions in place every single day whatever that is for yourself and that's going to look differently for every single person what those actions are but you just got to start with some type of action as if not we're going to be a dream like I watched a great uh, talk on this last night, but we're going to be somebody who's like a, a daydreamer versus somebody who's actually a dreamer and goes and does something about it. A lot of us daydream and wish, but dude, we got to go do something about it. So, I mean, we already covered that a lot earlier is being um, being absolutely disciplined and just going and doing those things, just starting with something. I'm going to give you one for your marriage because this is one that I always tell you, and I'll tell you what, what changes most of the the marriages that that we work with, and it's a simple one that you can do every single day. Spend. 20 minutes every single day with your spouse, uninterrupted, no phones, no kids, no TV, no nothing, uninterrupted talking. And try to not talk about the kids or the bills or this, that, and the other. Just talk about other stuff. At first you're going to, it's going to feel weird for certain people because a lot of people aren't that connected with their spouse. You keep doing that for 30 days, every single day, you're gonna be down rabbit holes that you've never really done. You're gonna learn things about each other that you didn't even know you learned about each other every single day. Do that and pair that with being extremely honest during that time and vulnerable. Don't hold back. If God puts something on your heart that I need to share this, share it without worrying about the judgment that we were talking about earlier. So if you pair that quality time with 100% honesty, you do those two things, your marriage will go to heights like never before. I promise you. That, and I could go a whole, down, be a whole podcast going down the importance of both of those. I'll, I'll leave that out of there. But I promise you, you'll get to know each other. I talk to couples who've been together all the time, 15, 20 years. They really don't know each other. They really don't. And once you get to know each other, good things will happen. 20 minutes a day, non-negotiable. And everybody says, I'm too busy. You're not. Believe me. If Elon Musk can do all the things that he's doing, you can spend 20 minutes with your wife. And if you can't spend 20 minutes with your wife, then you don't really love your wife that much. Because we got 20 minutes. Everybody has it. If we can say we're too busy, well, then work's too important. School's, to, our kid's too important and all that if we can't spend 20 minutes. So do the 20 minutes every day, which then comes back to my first tip, just being disciplined. Do it every single day, non-negotiable. Rain, sleet, snow, shine, anything. Always do it. It's not going to always feel like the most amazing conversation ever, but it will move the needle forward and there will be times that that conversation is so amazing and it will just grow, you guys, like never, ever before. It's literally just that simple if you just did it every day. That's how we fell in love in the first place, right?
1: Yeah. Man, I, the simple stuff is people want to look past the fundamentals. They want to look past the simple stuff. Everyone wants this like ninja-level trick to yeah to do whatever and they want it fast, but... We, we gloss over the simple stuff and then and, and getting the fundamentals right, like really nailing the fundamentals cannot be stressed enough and how much yeah. of a difference it'll make.
0: Yeah, truly.
1: <laughs> man, powerful stuff. All right. So last question, because, man, this has been like drinking from a fire hose today. Um, <laughs> favorite type of cake?
0: Favorite type of cake? Yeah. Oh, man. I, like, I, I got to go with a, a cheesecake, man. I, I'm a cheesecake guy. If I'm going to have any cake, that's, that's what it would be.
1: Right. Toppings, strawberries, blueberries, just straight up. Yeah, it's, uh, I like a good strawberry. Yeah, I got nothing wrong with that. What about you? What's your favorite type? Good to know. Uh, my favorite type, uh, like a little chocolate peanut butter. It's my go-to. Okay.
0: Ooh, peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, man. There we yes. go. Good
1: to go. All right, well, I mean, we can't have a No have Cakes podcast unless we talk about cake, so. <laughs> we Oh, man. For I sure. Know. Great question. Uh, listen, I can't thank you enough for your time, your transparency, honesty, and just showing up here and and being who you are and and standing up and being an awesome example of just man i don't even have the word for it just being an amazing example of a human and i love you i appreciate you thank you if if other people want to get more of you where would they do that
0: yeah thanks man i love you bro thanks for being um so glad god put you in my life um i'm so glad that uh, you know we were able to connect on here so thank you for being the person that you are the leader that you are maybe overcoming everything that you've been overcoming in your life and all that that you've done, man. So that's an inspiration for me. So thank you for being who you are, first and foremost. Um, and if the people want to get a hold of me, honestly, the best way I always say is just Tommy McAllister on Instagram. That's the best way. Um, I'm, You know, you can DM me on me, uh, DM me in there. I will be the personal one who actually gets back to you. Um, or you can go to uh, uh, email me at highlevelhusband@gmail.com and get a hold of us. Um, and whether that's, whether you need coaching or you just want somebody to encourage you, um, reach out. And so those are the two best
1: spots. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you again, sir. Thanks brother. Appreciate you, bro.